Welcome to Groove Therapy, the premier podcast exploring the intersection between live music and health and wellness with experts Dr. Leah Taylor and Tara Lee Weathers. In this podcast, you will learn how live music positively affects well-being through a combination of scientific research and personal experience from your hosts, favorite musicians, industry professionals, and fans like you. Also included are strategies to incorporate the benefits of live music into your everyday life. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be coming at you from Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And I'm also really excited for you to get to know who our guest is. Leo, wasn't our guest like kind of the best? I know. I love her so much. I'm like so excited to now know about her. Yes. And I'm really excited for all of you to get to know her even more and to know that she exists. And the she that we're talking about is Liz Bills. And Liz is known for her entrancing high energy performances and emotionally charged power vocals, passionate and honest in her songwriting and stage presence. Liz is unapologetically brave, yet incredibly vulnerable and real, taking you on a wild ride that is intoxicatingly sweet and dangerously ferocious. She has won like a lot of awards for her singing solo and with her band. And she was also a runner up for... American Idol, which is so cool. She was one of the top 30 female finishers in 2013, but she won New England Music Awards and just like a ton of awards. She is very recognized for her amazingness and magic. And her shows is like, it was just this emotional roller coaster that I really needed. And so I'm excited for you to get to know her as a person and then for you to go experience what she does in real life. Yeah, I can't wait for that either myself. Well, before we we talk any more about Liz, let's just take a moment to allow ourselves to arrive so that we can receive this information from a place where we can really take it in. So wherever you are, we're going to do some breathing. You can go ahead and bring a hand to your heart and close your eyes if that feels okay or not. We're going to breathe in through your nose for a count of three and then out through your mouth for a count of five. So here we go, breathing in and out. And in and out. One more time, breathing in and out. Good. And just noticing how you feel right now. I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yay. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. And it is like the first technique that I empower people with because it's so helpful. And we always have our breath and it like... It can help us to clear our mind. It can help us to feel more relaxed. It can help us to be able to think more clearly because when we're activated, we're not in that place of being able to think clearly. And we talk a lot about regulation in this interview with Liz. 
Yeah, we are going to deep dive in self and co-regulation and nervous system stuff. And I'm really excited for you. This is a life-changing interview that you are about to embark on the journey with. So I'm really excited for you. I know. I am too. And I loved your... When you were reading the Liz's bio, like the description of it really felt so true as to how she showed up in this interview. Yeah, 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get to it? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everyone. And we're back and we have the amazing, wonderful, magical, beautiful Liz Bills with us. And I am over the moon excited about this conversation because I mean, you know how I feel about you, but now all of our listeners are going to get to feel that same way. Thanks for having me. And I just really excited to chat today and also feeling shy and nervous. But (laughs) How did you two meet? Maybe we could start there. I loved, how did you two meet? I think I've known about Tara Lee through Haley Jane. And then I saw Tara Lee was hosting a retreat last year. And that was my first retreat. So I decided on a whim to to go for it. But then I I realized, you know, later it was definitely in the stars for it to happen. So <laughs> yeah, that's how we met last April. Nice. And how about you and Haley Jane, Liz? How do you guys know each other? Because you have very much Haley Jane energy. Yeah, I think someone once said, oh, you remind me of Haley Jane. And I didn't know who that was. And I looked her up and obviously fell in love instantly and reached out to her. And we've played some shows together. And I just feel like we're kindred spirits. Yeah. And Haley was on that retreat as well. She came kind of like last minute. And I was like, guess what? Haley's coming. You're like, yay. Yeah, I think that's yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to go as well because I saw she was doing live music there. So just looks so amazing. Yes. Yay. Well, so you said a whole bunch of things that you were interested in talking to before we started recording. So what were those things so we can dive into it? And you could say all of them. So I think like the things that are on my mind a lot are the live music and... um or how I'm navigating live music these days as a singer, songwriter, booking agent, and also how I'm navigating my mental illness, mental wellness, chronic pain, and uh, my sobriety. So it all kind of goes, I think, together too. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just start with the very first one about how you're navigating live music as all of the things that you are. Yeah. So... I've been playing music since I was a little girl. I'm an intro extra. So I think when I was little, I just thought I was introverted, just shy. So I would just do it by myself in my bedroom. And then I continued doing that. So I grew up and finally decided to go to Berklee College of Music. You know, I'm a type A personality, very anxious, controlling personality as a coping mechanism. And so, you know, as I went into performance and started my band and started booking all these shows and writing songs and recording, I got really sick. And I developed a a condition called muscle tension dysphonia, which sort of took my voice from me. So I had severe burning pain um, when I talk and sang. And uh, all the doctors said they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I didn't really feel like they cared. So just like another number. I mean, because of the chronic pain, I had to really 
it forced me to um, really step back and take a look at my life and see how it really was not working for me. Maybe it was working for everyone else like that <laughs> I wanted it to work for, but not for me. And my chronic pain was really my body just screaming to me that it wanted me to listen. That something was very wrong. Like I wasn't speaking my truth. And so, yeah, I started doing the work, which never ends. Uh, but uh, I think, yeah, one of the big questions is like, why do I do music? And at the time when I was really sick, it was because I wanted to be famous and I wanted attention and validation and I wanted to be loved because maybe I didn't love myself. And so there's a lot of problems that happen when you don't love yourself. Like I don't love my music that I write and I just goes on and on. So I guess I got the chance through this chronic pain to, it was just an incredible blessing to discover what was wrong and just to rework everything and heal through that. So, you know, now I do music because I need to do music because I'm an artist. It's the way that I communicate and connect with people. And uh, I need to write music for me and myself first and foremost. And then I can share that music with my people and the journey keeps going and going. And I think the latest part of the journey is admitting that I'm an addict and um, moving away from the party scene. And as an entertainer, I'm always partying, you know, and um, who am I without that? And what is my music without that? And what is the performance without that? And that's kind of the, the question I've been asking myself and the universe. And like a few years ago, I was, uh, I wrote like a folk record and I came from a rock and roll band before that. So I did a lot of jumping up and down and dancing. And then I said, I tired of that. I want to do a folk record. And then, but I was still jumping up and down and dancing while singing folk music. So my dream was I want to have like an experience where we can dance and move and shake and cry and laugh and scream. And, and I want to wear costumes and I want it to be theatrical and I want it to be weird and wild. And I had no idea how to get there, but I just wrote it down and I really wanted that. And, and now I think a year later, we're doing all of that and I just can't believe it. And it really just unfolded very naturally, which is flow, maybe it's called, or just fate. I don't know. But. Well, I think that our interdimensional team like has your back because something really interesting happened. We were at this festival together, but I was staying at my friend Hannah's house and Liz had stayed in this room about like a month prior. I think about six months before... When I was newly sober. Yeah. So I had, I woke up in the middle of the night and had all these downloads for Liz. And it was like, you need to like get up and take notes. Like the whatever voice it was, was like really adamant. Like, do not go to bed and forget about this. Like, wake up. You need to write this down. So I did. And I took all these notes in my phone. And then we had a conversation about it. And she's like, yes, this is like everything that I've been wanting to do. And then you said six months prior, you had something awoken you too, right? Yeah. And that's so crazy that, yeah, that experience and that weekend that I'd stayed in Hannah's place, I was newly sober and just like, I've been getting messages from the universe, like healing warrior, like, and what does that mean? I'm still figuring out what that means, but it makes sense. I suppose I'm fighting to heal and... And then I thought, oh, the YouTube channel, that's what I'm going to go for, you know, and I've been working towards this YouTube healing channel. And then I was like, oh, maybe 
it's time to let go of performing. I'm getting older, which is like a mistake. Uh, I should never stop music. <laughs> but at the time, I was kind of hung up on that. And then I went to a Lucius show and we took some LSD and I had like this insane experience. And I just felt like I saw me and, you know, my co-singer Jess Olsen up there on stage. And I'm like this, I just felt like the message was yes, like the YouTube channel, but also yes, performance. And how can I change direction in the sense of like, not just playing the bar scene, which is fine, but I kind of want more now. And I want to move beyond, you know, drinking and drugging and partying. And like, that was the messages I was getting that weekend. <laughs> so, but we weren't there at all at that time. So it's just crazy to like now come into it in this present 2023. I know now you're doing it. You have all these like interesting experiences for people that they're in places, right? That are like tea houses or yoga studios, or you're like in unique places, not at a bar, right? Yeah, we do still, we're still open to the bars experience. We, we want to be open to all people, like, you know, people who drink, people who don't drink. But yeah, we just played like a kava bar. So we had, you know, communal kava drinking and sound healing and live music. And right now I'm trying to book the word barn. So it's like a barn that hosts workshops. And I'm really at the beginning stages of this experience. And we're doing a Valentine's Day show this Tuesday where we're actually going to do the ecstatic dance element and tying in the sound healing with the band for the first time ever, which I'm, I've gone through like so much dread, dread and anxiety, honestly. I mean, it's, I talk about flow and it's so easy, but also it's been very challenging, like doing these brave things as like, I'm a very shy, introverted person. I maybe seem extroverted on stage and I can tap into that, but it hasn't been easy. And when you see me on stage, I'm like really doing a courageous thing being up there. Uh, so, Yeah. Creating new experiences too. Yeah. You're like a trailblazer. Yeah. It's one thing to get up on stage and to kind of do it like everybody else's, which is like to play your music and to do your craft and to be in it that way. But like what you're talking about here is really creating these new therapeutic experiences, which incorporate so much of, of the medicine that we've been using since the beginning of time. And we kind of have gotten away from that with live music and rock and roll. And it's so fun. And it is a good party. It is a fun party. But it, to me, feels like such a time where so many of us are kind of waking up out of that and like, yeah, this is amazing. And it's it's sparked this aliveness in us. And it's reminded us of like what's really important in life. And it's kind of like broken through the facade of what society tries to tell us is important and all the things that we should be doing. And, and we've experienced like what else is out there and how we can connect deeply with other people. And and of course, that brings up really vulnerable emotions, which I think is why a lot of people use because it's not safe to feel those things in their body. So they have to numb themselves for doing that. But now it's a time where we're like coming out of that and really seeing, okay, that was fun, but like, that's just not who I am right now or what I want to bring out to the world right now. So it's like really being so courageous and brave and vulnerable and saying, I see a different way and I don't know what it looks like because there really are not many people out there that are doing it, but I can see it in my mind. Like I can feel it in my heart and I know that it's possible. And to be able to 
just do it without a roadmap and without having done it before is so courageous and so vulnerable. And so I really commend you for really seeing that vision and and being brave enough to try it out and to see how it goes and to begin to execute it. It's huge. Thank you. Yeah, that's like a good, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's something that I don't, I haven't seen other people do. So it's like even scarier and I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I trust it. Like I know that it's right. So it's just like, it's, it's intense, but also amazing. And even the new music we're writing is like, like my co-singer wasn't sure at first. And it, it was a hard time where she wasn't sure if she wanted, if she was into the music. So it's so weird. It's weird and different. And I was even like scared by it a little bit, but you know, as we're learning the songs and I think it's amazing to have weird music that you cannot really compare to anyone else. How long have you guys been singing together? Um, I think me and Jess have been singing together for maybe five or six years. And the whole like weird music writing has just started because I've I've finally let down my guard and let my um, amazing guitarist, Benjamin, write, you know, with me. And I've been very afraid to let, I don't know, it's like kind of like a marriage. And before I was like a solo, you know, Liz Bills and The Change, but now it's kind of like becoming The Change where Ben is like becoming a co-writer, sometimes writing even more than I am. And that's been really scary. And, but also I knew it was right. And if I want to have dancey, like crazy music, he's just the perfect, most wild, creative mind. So yeah, just taking like a lot of, I don't want to say risks, but just stepping out of my comfort zone of being so controlled and careful. And, and now it's becoming bigger than me because I'm letting people in. Yeah. I remember you were telling me that Jess, your co-singer, used to be your backup singer, but you were like, well, why is she singing behind me? Right? Is that your yeah, realization? I used to be like so controlled. Yeah. Like uh, when we started, I was like, Jess, you can only wear all black and like you have to go over there. And I, I, I never felt like really right about that. I was so bad. <laughs> and then watch bands who have backup singers and like, we have to look like that, you know? And Jess is like such a powerful entity. I just felt... And after seeing Lucius, you know, like they're, uh, I mean, I highly recommend if you haven't heard of Lucius, so powerful. And um, I felt like I love colors. So let's dress in crazy costume and let's put Jess right next to me on stage. And I don't care what anyone thinks. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. It's our way. And our way is really awesome. <laughs> it's the right way for us. So yeah, it's been really fun doing that. Cause like, before, when I wrote the Liz Bills and the Change record, it was very folk. I was still going through a ton of perfectionism and I had to sound like a certain way. I had to be a certain genre. I almost threw the record out after we recorded it. So it was just like an intense time. And it was like, you know, solo, the band was separated from me. And, but, you know, like I realized I can't throw that record in the trash because it's who, it's part of who I am. So, you know, I can release it and then work on loving myself. And that doesn't always come so easy. So. Yeah. Wow. So let me just back up a little bit just so I get the trajectory of your, your journey recently. So six months ago, you decided to get sober. Is that correct? So last March I got sober and I actually relapsed three months ago, which was relapse can be a part of recovery, of course. Yeah. And when you say sober, can you 
go into detail a little bit about what that looks like for you? Yeah. So I don't even know, I shouldn't say sober. So when I'm, I'm sober from everything but weed and psychedelics. So like for me, sobriety means no more alcohol. And with the alcohol came the other drugs and the cigarettes. And so when I close that door, I close all of those doors. So that's what that means to me. And I relapsed about three months ago. I convinced myself that I didn't have a problem. And then I started drinking again. And I was like, oh, I do have a problem. <laughs> and so to have that perspective was such a beautiful gift because my whole life since 17, I was drinking every weekend and I was very controlled. So, and it didn't look like the kind of alcoholic you see on TV. Like I wasn't crashing my car or losing my job or anything like that. But I'm still an addict, you know, like, and I drink and drink and never stop. And I'm sick three times a week. And, and I just watched myself through that experience after I relapsed. And I'm like, I can't live this way anymore. And it's just shocking to me that uh, I actually don't want to drink. Uh, not that it's easy all the time, but it actually is easier. So I forget, is, was that your question or did I go off on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I last March, which was about a year ago, you decided to get sober. And throughout your journey, you you recently relapsed, but now you're really clear that this is the right decision for you. And throughout that time, it sounds like too, like your music has really begun to evolve. Mm, Yeah. You talked a little bit about that, but maybe go into a little bit more detail about like what started to happen after you decided to get sober, how your music began to change at that time. Yeah. I wanted to just write with Ben. So that was like a big step just to bring the band into a more festival dancey experience. And, but I think the sober part of it was how can I like facilitate more healing experiences where maybe we don't go to the bar to like drink and numb and, and get drunk and then like talk over the band and, but like to invite the audience to like kind of have this experience I'm having. I mean, even if you are drinking, And I think once I saw Haley Jane actually do this where she was singing and someone was talking like in front of her and she stopped playing and she said, can you please stop talking or move to the back? And at the time I was like, like, oh, I would never do that. But then I never forgot it because I actually wanted to do that. (laughs) And also, you know, just being in the bar scene for over 10 years and just being disappointed, like, how can I connect with my audience? I feel like they're not really with me or I'm really fighting to like get them to listen to me and it wasn't sustainable and very tired. Um, So how can we have a more of an exchange of energy and how can I, as a nervous system leader, as I'm on stage, how can I facilitate that and give them permission to do that as I'm leading the night? So I've never heard a musician describe themselves as that. At what point did you, did that become really clear that you are a nervous system leader? I love that so much. Yeah. And you so are. Oh my gosh, you are. Yeah. Or they call it a nervous system tuner. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. Yeah. um, I learned this from Muscle Music. I highly recommend this for all musicians. It's um, a community. My friend started this and it's blowing up. It's like an app with a community on Zoom and you all co-regulate. So it's about co-regulation. And I educated myself through her program and she talked about nervous system tuning and how there's science that proves that everyone's heart rate will start beating the same tempo when you're at a concert, which I thought was crazy. And, you know, I have a lot of anxiety. And when I would go to shows, I would like be looking at people and be like, I would see them like they're looking 
mean and scary. And I'd be like, oh, they don't love me. And But that was actually my nervous system. I was already not regulated. So I was seeing everything as unsafe. Everyone doesn't love me. Everyone hates my music and kind of going into the event that way. But then when I learned that I could be a nervous system tuner and I'm actually the leader here and the audience is looking to me to to know how to feel, it like shifted something in me really quickly. So now when I go into the venue, I I make it a point, even if I'm not even regulated yet, it helps. I look at in people's eyes and just smile and I start telling them through my body language that I love you and I'm the leader here and I have control over this experience, you know, like not the other way around. And I am the mother here, which I feel like I'm just becoming this very nurturing sort of mother for people who will take care of you through your experience. And I guess just by knowing that, it just helped me to sort of put on those pants and like, and feel more secure in that, like just knowing that this is what I'm doing. And maybe it just feels like it's more of a spiritual thing too, like that I just trust in. So, yeah. I love that. Well, we've talked a lot about how the transformative opportunity in live music is is really present when a person feels very safe. And so what you're doing is like really consciously creating that safe space for a person to drop in if they want to and have that transformative experience. And we do regulate through other people. You know, we can definitely learn to regulate on our own and that's really important too. But that sense of co-regulation helps us to begin to like drop away the layers that we have created to protect ourselves from other people who in our early childhood, we may have had the experience that weren't safe. And so we created these coping mechanisms and these defenses to layer ourselves. And I don't believe that we can lose them on our own. Like we need to be in connection with another person to begin to realize that actually it's okay and this person is safe and I can begin to dissolve those layers that I've created. I just said a live about this today because how do we live open-heartedly in a world that feels so cruel and so unsafe? And that's part of it. We have to have that experience that we can connect and be vulnerable with another person. Otherwise, we're just walking around with all of our defenses up because that's how we learn to survive. Yeah, I've realized when I go to the show and I'm doing this for the audience, it's a way for me to feel safe as well. So like I can actually not ask the audience, please make me feel safe by validating me because they won't always do that. I'll validate myself and just be that mother to myself and to the audience and say like, I've got this, like I'm going to take care of us, which means I'm going to take care of me too. Yeah. Which I just love that. Yeah. I really feel that when I saw you, I really felt that like I like trusted you to take me on this journey. And I went on this like wild ride. Like there are so many, I said before we started recording, it's like the most amazing emotional roller coaster that you've been like waiting to ride your whole life. Bliss you've never felt before, but then also like sadness and it was like anger, like everything. Yeah. At once. Yeah. And like release. And like at the end, I like, I felt so high. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned at the beginning too, that you start your shows by, can you describe Tara Lee, like either how the shows start where you're like really intentionally creating that sense of regulation? Yeah. 
I think I'm still in the beginning stages of it, but like nothing crazy, just, you know, taking like three deep breaths together and kind of yelling or uh, howling is basically what we do. But I've been like dreaming, what could this be even bigger than that? I would like for us to all hold hands. That's like my next idea. All of us as we're like breathing together and getting ready for the show. Another idea is chanting. But yeah, I'm really at the beginning of what what does this look like and how can I like be this healing warrior, I guess, <laughs> uh, for people. So like this Tuesday, we're doing the ecstatic dance, but I've, I'm having my friend who is an ecstatic dance teacher come in and do it while um, the band will just jam and like join in. So I can learn, you know, I can watch her and uh, get my feet wet and then just kind of copy what she's doing and then put my own spin on things. And and now I'm just like booking workshops and shows and like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to like, I think we can get stuck with like, we're not ready. We're not ready, but like, we'll never be ready. You know, like I just have to book the shows and then we'll figure it out. And that's how you get ready. You have to like move through it, I think, to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Liz is just a guest teacher for my mindset, group mindset sessions that are all my clients get to participate in. And it was about creating content and like doing things without letting your perfectionism get in the way. And that's just such a testament that you're like, now you are living that not letting perfectionism rule your life. Our friend Patrick, who is also one of the coaches for my program, told her when she had a show, instead of like, good luck, like you're going to be great. He said, don't be perfect. And that, that has stuck with me like so much. And like, I'm like, okay, like I can not be perfect. I can do that. (laughs) So do tell some details about where the show is on Tuesday. This, this podcast will come out after that. So how can people like get a little taste of what you're doing and either online or be involved live? What can you tell people in that way? So we're filming this show just so I can actually show people what we're doing because I just, I don't have anything on that yet. So I have a YouTube channel, uh, just youtube.com slash Liz Bills. And you'll be able to see it all on there very soon, probably by March. And you can see all our live performances. Yeah, we're just booking now all through the summer. So hopefully we'll be a little bit of everywhere. Uh, And you can check that out at (laughs) lizbills.com. And are you open to collaboration if like somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I love what she's talking about and I have an idea how I could get involved? Yes, yes. Definitely like the more ideas, the better. So (laughs) yeah, I would love that. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to bring back one thing of when you said having everyone hold hands. At my wedding, my wedding officiant had everyone in my family that is not like this all put their arms around each other and like close their eyes and take deep breaths and like send love to each other and then to us. And they did it and they loved it. Yeah. I feel like everybody loves it. You just have to give them permission to do that because everyone's too afraid to be that close. You know, I'll definitely take that one. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But I was like, when I saw that, I was like, if this can happen here, especially like in a live music experience, like how powerful that is, we already feel like we're in it together, but then to like really be together and take that to the next level, like, holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. We were like nervous that we're playing at the Stone Church Tuesday. So it's a regular venue. So we're like nervous. We're like, no one's going to want to be weird with us, but. (laughs) Mm. Oh, they will. Yeah. 
know. People are just like dying for permission to be weird. Like we're all weird. We're just scared to be weird. So you're like giving permission for everyone to be weird. And that is so important nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as we get older, like I'm 37 now and I always have this number. I was like, when I'm 33, I'll quit music because, you know, like I'll be old fogey by then. And, you know, that's the programming, right? And (laughs) as I get older, I'm just fighting against that and um, retraining how I think about it. And because the culture will tell you that you're used up by your time you're 21, it seems like as a woman. And I want to be that example of no, thank you. Uh, I pass on that. (laughs) And, um, you know, like even my family will like see me on stage without shoes on. They'll be like, Liz, you're too old for that. Or my aunt will like, she's amazing singer. And now she's only in an acoustic band because she says she's too old to rock out. And I'm just like, I will be rocking out hopefully until I'm 90 on stage. And I want to just get weirder and sillier. Like we just bought all of these costumes from, like from a Halloween store. Yeah. <laughs> so I have like these crazy masks and like, get ups and like that was my dream like we have matching like sparkly jumpsuits and just insane things like I didn't think it, I would be going in this direction in my late 30s uh, but it's incredible like and some people won't get that I don't care you know like because that's part of the message too like I just never want to stop being a child and I also work with children and they keep me young as well but I just never want to grow up and like why do we have to grow up and become all serious and give up all the things that bring us joy. Like that's ridiculous. But so many of us are doing that. Yeah. And I think a person can really notice when like you're really being authentic and true to you. And there may be some people where that triggers something in them where they actually want to do that, but they're not ready to do that. So they're like, whoa, kind of like with you and Haley Jane, you know, when you saw her do that, you're like, no, that would yeah. not be me. <laughs> but it was really because there was a part of you that really wanted to do that. It just wasn't ready yet. But the people who are ready, it's going to spark something in them that they're, it feels to me like it's going to be so much more meaningful for everybody because you're showing up authentically. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And this is exactly what I need and what I'm craving right now. And it's just like the depth of it is so much deeper than... Yeah. And I gives me a chance to heal more people pleasing. So I have a tendency to really want to please and be good, but that's like killing me. So it it feels so liberating to like, just be like wild like that. And, and some people won't like it when like my job is not to please everyone and impress everyone. It's, it's really to please myself. And we have like a beautiful family that's coming from that. And the more authentic I am and true to myself, the bigger it gets, the more I let go. Yeah. The, just the, the more beautiful it becomes. Yeah. Nice. Well, Liz, anything else, Charlie? Do you have any other things that feel important to mention? This one little thing is I have noticed this a lot that a lot of times the person who you think is like having the worst time at your show or like hates you or they're like whatever they are always having the most powerful experience. So it's also like we make these stories up about like who is like the people that are very vocal and they're like, I love you so much. Like you're like, okay, they love us. But actually there's these other people that are having a more powerful experience and they're either being quiet about it and not telling you. So it's like not judging the experience, just offering your gift to the world. And it's like, you don't know how it's going to occur to them or when it's going to hit them or when that moment's going to be like, oh, like, okay, now like, 
you were saying before, like I hated that, but that's because I really wanted that and I was too scared to admit that. So it's so amazing. And I'm so excited to see all the transformations that are going to happen in all of these unique ways for all the people that get to witness your show. And I hope more artists, like if you're an artist and you're listening, the world is craving this kind of thing and these kinds of experiences. And I'm so glad that you're paving the way. And I'm looking forward to like all the people that are inspired by this and start to create experiences like that too, all over the world. Yes. Yes. I'm excited too. And yeah, (laughs) so good to be together. And I really appreciate being on this podcast and being able to share my story and yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being brave and vulnerable and all of the the work that you're doing to help people heal through music and movement and community. It's so inspiring and I can't wait to see how it continues to grow and and make a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And do you also give vocal lessons? Is that also ways that people can connect with you? Yeah. I'm a vocal coach, piano teacher, music therapist, I teach songwriting and performance as well. And and I never thought I'd be a teacher. And I always told myself growing up, I never want to be a music teacher. Like so lame. And it's like the best job that I've ever had. So (laughs) here we are. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone needs any lessons, go to lizbills.com and send me a message. Perfect. Yeah. And you're going to be at Inclusion Festival too, right? Yeah. And I, I was talking to Leah, I think it is. Yeah. She offered that maybe you would want to lead the ecstatic dance part. Yeah, she (laughs) asked me and I was like, I have never done that, but I think that I could maybe. I don't know. I was like, I'll talk to Liz about it. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, we can just wing it, jam out, breathe, scream. So everybody come to Inclusion Festival. There's an episode where we interview Leah and Amy, the founders of Inclusion. I don't know which number it is, but we'll put it in the show notes. We're both going to be there. My band, The Middle Ages, is performing. Liz's band is going to be there and teaching lots of different workshops and things. So everyone should come to that. Yay. Excited. When is that? It's in July, mid-July. Yeah, mid-July in like in Pennsylvania. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Liz. We so appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody will be right back. Right, everybody, we are back from that fascinating, inspiring, vulnerable, open interview with Liz Bills. Yeah, it was all that and so much more. I feel like I'm ready to take on the world and let... I feel like my nervous system just feels better after talking with her. I know. I'm like, I really am just so inspired by her and her vulnerability and her way of showing up and just like following her path and doing the self-discovery and doing the tough work that it takes to like be an open-hearted human being in this world. Yeah. And oh, and guess what? There's new news about something. Remember how she talked about how she was going to do aesthetic dance as part of her performance the first time ever? Well, that happened. And she said that she was so nervous that like no one was going to receive it or want to participate. But she said everybody in that room was so 
loving it. Like they were craving something like this and were so receptive to everything that she did. And they wore their crazy costumes and they were theatrical and they were like everything and more. And everybody was along for the journey and that it was better than she ever could expected. And she was like, I can't believe that it's happening. Like I dreamed about this for so long and it's happening and people need it and love it. So that's just a little update on that. So you're going to want to check out Liz Bills' website lizbells.com and see when you can go see her because she's really onto something. And I think there's only going to be a small amount of time you're going to be able to see her in a pretty small venue. Mm, I love that so much. Yay. Thanks so much for the update. Yeah. I want to go participate too. I know. (laughs) I'm going to get to. (laughs) You're so lucky. (laughs) You're going to get to too. (laughs) One day. Yes. Yes. I'm going to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. That makes my heart happy. I know. Me too. So excited. Cool. Well, back to the co-regulation piece and regulation in general, I wanted to, to share a little bit of information for thee. Did you know? I have to mention for everybody listening that I have my hand on my heart right now. <laughs> it's just like, this is a way that I help to regulate myself and honor touching things that I hear. So I just want to share that that's something that I'm doing right now. And it's like not even intentional. It's just, it just happens. And at this point, I am aware of it. I mean, we do a lot of things unintentionally that we don't catch, but this is something that I've become aware of. So just wanted to mention that. Okay. So Liz talked a lot about co-regulation in this interview. And I just... I want to take a moment to just kind of talk about what is regulation? What are we talking about when we say nervous system regulation? So nervous system regulation is just bringing a person back from an activated state. And that could be in hyper activated state. So like in anxiety, fight or flight, or a hypo aroused state, which is more like in shame or blame or the freeze state. So both of them are activation. One goes kind of down where it's more like freeze and the other goes up where it's more like fight or flight. But when a person is in one of those states, they need to come back into regulation where they can think more clearly because they have access to the prefrontal cortex where their heart rate is more relaxed and their body feels more relaxed. That's what regulation is about. And regulation can come about in two different ways. It can be co-regulation, which just means that there's another person that's helping to bring the person back into a regulated state, which is really what Liz was talking a lot about in this interview. And that's what happens when we're young. So when we are infants, we can't actually regulate ourselves. We need that caregiver to be able to hold us so that we can feel their heartbeat we can feel the safety of their arms around us. We can feel that gentle connection with them. And in doing that and feeling that, then we as infants bring ourselves into that regulated state. And hopefully we have had that experience of being, of receiving that, but not all infants do receive that, which definitely is going to translate into how a person operates in the world and how their nervous system develops because our nervous system is still developing when we are small children. And it really, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, because we need loving, caring caregivers. And if we don't receive that, then it's going to 
create a dysregulated nervous system, which is going to create problems in later life. And it's to no fault of our own. You know, it's something that we did. It's just what happened to us. That's why it's unfortunate. So there's the co-regulation piece, which we can still get when we're adults through like hugs with another person or just even being in the presence of a regulated person. And you may have noticed this yourself, you know, if you've ever been in therapy or if you've been with a friend that's like really that calm and peaceful presence and you know, whenever you go around them, like you start to feel calm and peaceful too, that is co-regulation. But then there's also the act of self-regulation, which means that you are doing it for yourself. So the breathing exercise that we just did in the beginning in the intro of this episode was a tool for self-regulation. You don't need another person to do it. You can do it for yourself. So I wanted to just kind of talk briefly about that. I also tried to look for the research study that Liz mentioned in her interview. I haven't been able to track it down yet. But... I did want to mention some research that HeartMath, which is an organization that measures our heart activity and and heart rate variability. They've been doing research for like at least 25 years now. And their website, heartmath.org, lists all of their research projects. So there was one study that they did on collective coherence. So the study was called Achieving Collective Coherence, Group Effects on Heart Rate Variability, Coherence, and Heart Rhythm Synchronization. So our nervous system, of course, our heart rate is part of our nervous system and is affected by whether we're activated or whether we're in a calm and regulated state. And so HeartMath measures heart rate variability, which is a little different than the amount of our heartbeats. But what this study was designed to test was that they had a group of four people. Three people were trained in how to bring themselves into a state of coherence, which is high heart rate variability. And and coherence you can think of as the equivalent to a regulated state. And so what they wanted to see is if they brought in a fourth person that was not trained in how to do this for themselves, so not trained in self-regulation, could they influence their heart rate variability and their coherence? And so what the study showed was that 50% of the time, the fourth person would be influenced by the other three people. So maybe it's like a coin flip. (laughs) So it's like, okay, maybe that has an effect, maybe not. Of course, the thing is, is that there are always other variables that are happening in this. It's like how dysregulated was the person, what was happening to them before they came in. But the other piece that they actually did see was a factor was the level of safety and comfort that fourth person felt with the other three people. And when there was a high level of comfort with the other three people, they were more likely to go into a state of coherence, which I mean, makes sense. But I also think it's really interesting because that just goes in line with everything that we've said about the importance of safety (laughs) in group experiences and created through live music. So when that safety piece is at least in a person's awareness as being an important factor and they can do everything that they can to try to create that level of safety, then the possibility of a person being regulated or going into coherence is going to be greater. That is so cool. And I want to bring a stethoscope with me to all shows from now on so I can see if my heartbeat is beating the same as everybody else's, like the difference from before the show starts to the end. I'm just so curious. 
Yeah. So heart math uses actually a biofeedback tool because the the stethoscope measuring the heart rate isn't going to tell you about heart rate variability because the variability is actually the time in between the heartbeats and not how fast the heart is beating. So you need you need a biofeedback like a I can't remember what their technology is called, but one of their little things that hooks onto your ear, which is totally like. I want to do a study like that. So we should do that. Uh, yes, I know. We are talking to Osiris about do it, possibly doing some studies to prove what we're talking about. And there's not so much research on live music. So I feel like Dr. Leah Taylor is the person to do it. I know. Well, when I was searching for this other study, I could not find anything. I found like one other study that was done on a duo performance in another country. And it just, it didn't really give... Actually, it wasn't even a study. It was a hypothetical. It was like a just a narrative about what they thought would happen. So that wasn't what I was looking for because I already know, like I have my own narrative of what I think could happen. But yeah, we need to get heart math hooked up with somebody else and then they, they can sponsor and then we can do the study. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah. All right, Tara Lee, why don't you... <laughs> why don't you break it down how how people can bring this out into their own life? All right. So for Daily Jam. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about self-regulation and something that you can do right now in this moment to be able to regulate your parasympathetic nervous system. You know the exercise that Dr. Leah Taylor led us at the beginning where we put our hands on our hearts, closed our eyes, and took three deep breaths where the inhale was three counts, but the exhale was five counts. And when you do that, that allows you to relax. And there's a nerve, the vagus nerve. You're stimulating the vagus nerve, which is connected to your parasympathetic nervous system. Yes. And so that is why every time I do that, I use this, I probably put my hands on my heart and breathe like this, like 10 times a day at least. And I feel better every single time. I can be freaking out and I do that. And it just makes me feel better because my nervous system starts to get regulated. So that is one thing that you can add into your toolbox of things to regulate your nervous system. The other one is something that I love to do, especially when I'm overstimulated. And as somebody with ADHD, I easily get overstimulated. This happens at airports. This can even happen for me at shows sometimes, like with the lights and the people and all the things. So what you can do is take your pointer fingers and place it on your ears to block your ears so you can't hear. Close your eyes, take a deep breath in, and then hum. You will notice all of your outside senses. I mean, I guess you could maybe still smell, but most of your senses are muted there and where that really just brings you inside. And it's just so relaxing. I feel like it's like a massage to my brain when I do that. So that is another tip. Using your pointer fingers, blocking your ears, and then humming. And you could you could hum also like without doing that, but that really like takes away all of the excess stimulus and really helps you to feel much more calm and relaxed and at peace with a ner- balanced nervous system. Mm. Yay. I feel at peace and calm right now, just listening to it, <laughs> listening to you talk about it. Hey, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping to co-regulate me. Yay. My job here is done. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So just notice how you're feeling right now. 
like the first part is awareness actually of how activated or regulated you are without judgment, just simply noticing like, how do I feel in my body right now? Again, that's really the first step. Like you can be co-regulated by other people without kind of realizing what's happening. But once you have that ability to be able to say, okay, I'm feeling really activated right now. I know that I need to calm myself down so that I can make more informed decisions. Because again, what happens in the stress response is we get pulled out of our prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our brain that allows us to think clearly and to strategize and to make appropriate decisions. And we get pulled into the more primitive parts of our brain that are more like animalistic. It's like a child is is driving the show or a small animal is driving the show. And as adults, that's not really how we want to be leading our lives. So even just doing these techniques that Tara Lee just mentioned, it's going to help put you back in charge, like the adult self, you back in charge so that you can make decisions based upon that place and not from a place that is wounded or scared or overwhelmed or frightened. Yeah, I wish we could teach us to all the politicians. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like my mission to empower people about this information because once we at least are aware of this, I mean, we are adults, we can make our own decisions as to what we do with that information. But once you have it and even the self-awareness to be able to realize what makes you when you feel activated, but also what helps you to relax because that's really important information too. Like the same thing is not going to work for everybody and you have to be really the experts of your own experience so that you know, oh yeah, this piece of music really makes me feel nice and relaxed, but this one makes me feel more activated or turned on, which is great. Like we need times that we feel turned on. And by that, I mean like, you know, inspired and like motivated. But sometimes we just need to like chill out. (laughs) Yes. Woo. Well, I think everybody has... I mean, this is not all the information. This is the tip of the iceberg (laughs) of the information that you can have for regulating your nervous system, but it is a really good start. And so we hope that you take everything that was discussed here and put it into practice in a way that feels good to you. And we'd love to hear about it. So if you go to the Groove Therapy Podcast community on Facebook and let us know how this episode impacted your life, we would love to hear from you. Yes. Please let us know. And thanks for being here with us. Yeah. Thank you. We love you so much. I hope you have a great day. We do. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We so appreciate you. And if you did love this episode, we would love it so much if you could share it with at least one friend that you think might love it as well. So just send it over to them. Let them know what you loved about it. It could just be like, hey, check this out or one word about how it inspired you. Also, wherever you are listening to your podcast, if you could just click that follow button right there, that would be super awesome. That helps to let the platform know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And also, if you are listening on Apple Pod, if you could not only follow us, but also leave a rating or a review, it would mean so much to us. That, again, is how more people are going to be able to find out about this podcast and really start to open their mind about the intersection between 
health and wellness and live music and why this experience is so important for our health and our well-being and our longevity. So again, thank you so much for listening. We are a part of Osiris Pod. You can find many more inspiring arts and music podcasts at OsirisPod.com. And if you would like to follow me, Leah, or Tara Lee, you can find us on Instagram. Tara Lee is at Rocking Life with two underscores, and I am at Dr. Leah Taylor. So come follow us there. We love you so much, and thank you again for listening.